It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Hashtag Dort Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. I'm, of course, your host, Rich Keefe, joined once again by Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you? Hello. It's good to be back. Oh, it's great to have you back, Ryan. And we have, before we get to the episode, which is an exciting episode, a topic I am looking forward to discussing, we have a big announcement. What's that, Rich? Well, I'll tell you what. We have been approved to go to Boston Comic-Con in a couple of weeks. So the bad boys of Comic-Con will be back and we're going to be enjoying Boston Comic Con here in the middle of August. Boom. What do you think of that? I think it's going to be pretty swell. I think we're going to have a lot of content from there. We'll do an episode the following week breaking down all of our uh, stuff. We'll have tweets. We'll have pictures. We'll have videos. We'll have all kinds of nonsense. And if you happen to also be going to hashtag, or I'm sorry, Boston Comic Con, keep an eye out for the, uh, the hashtag dorks as we'll be walking around, mingling with the people and whatnot, looking forward to all the, all the things that are going to take place there. Do you have anything to add? I just, I'm just, I'm really excited about it. I was trying to. Uh, that was more of a pen up thing. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited uh, that some of the people who are going to be there. Um, I'll bring the video camera. We'll get some. We'll get some great audio. Yes. Uh, of some of some real uh, real characters. And Hopefully, uh, better than the Comic Con. Maybe John Cena guy is walking around again with his John Cena music blasting. He could be. I mean, that that worked for him. I would say. I think that, yep. that was pretty good. And you know what? I'll tell you what right now. A lot of podcasts, they might say, hey, we have a big announcement, and then they bury it at the end of the episode. They make you listen to all the, the whole episode. I said on Twitter we had a big announcement, and what do I do? Inside of a minute, I'm telling you what it is. Because I, I, yep. I have faith that you're going to listen to this whole goddamn thing anyway. Can I give the next bit of big news? Yes, please. All right. So for all of you audiophiles out there, those people who just can't seem to get enough of good audio – um, and, you know, while our content is second to none on this podcast, Richard, I feel as though if we had an Achilles heel, it would be the fact that I am on a telephone right now and you are in a multi-million dollar studio. Correct. That's, that's a, uh, something we are going to remedy next week as I plan on being in studio Woo. next week for our upcoming podcast with Uncle Buck, I'm told, as well. Yes, we said, you know what, let's make it a three-way deal. So Uncle Buck will be in studio, Ryan David will be in studio, and I actually I, I have two different ideas, or we've come up with these ideas, and yep. I think maybe we'll, we might even do a Twitter poll and see what will win out. We have, two, we have two ideas right now. We've talked about it with uh, Uncle Buck as well. One, and I believe Marcus came up with one of these ideas, including this idea. Marcus from the Boxers came up with the Christopher Nolan movies idea because he's an idea man, and he, and he thrives he off energy, and so he has had some good ideas. Uh, these two upcoming for next week, either the best – this is kind of wordy, but it's a good topic – the best non-Marvel slash DC comic book movies. I know that's kind of a weird topic, but there's a lot of good movies we can get into, like you know, Kick-Ass and Sin City and different things like that. And then that could also spin off into what other ones would you like to see them make. Or the other idea, with The Dark Tower coming out, with the trailer for It coming out, we could do Stephen King movies. Yep. Which so I, there are... A million of them. There are... If you... We looked at it, and there are tons of them. Now, the, the non-Marvel DC comic book movies... You get it. It's a little muddy. Like, you know, I guess Vertigo was, Vertigo was owned by DC, so we don't know if that's, t- you know what I mean? So yeah, that's slippery. There's muddy waters there, but we can just say some things that aren't canon, things that aren't in the extended universe. So we can kind of put it that way. Mm. Or we can, do, we can talk about, like, not kidding, like 40 Stephen King There's book a lot. adaptations. There's a lot of goddamn Stephen Kings. 
But yeah, I mean, that, that could be a good one. So maybe I'll, I'll put it to the put it to a poll question on the old Twitter and see what's going on there. So those are our big two announcements. Boston Comic Con, we will be there, and Davey will be in studio next week. So that is, I don't know how we really how we can top that. We might maybe just sign off right now. I don't know. Thank you for hanging out this weekend. We'll see you next week. All right, a lot of news and notes here this week, Ryan. And let's start with Wonder Woman 2 has a release date. It'll be December 13th, 2019. Can that you, is a long ways off. Can you wait? Can you wait for yeah. it? You're going to have to. You're going to have yep, to. Yeah, that's two years, from, two years from this coming December. Yeah. All wow. right, all right. That is quite a ways away. How about Thor? A lot has to happen in those two years, Richard. Yeah, but Wonder Woman was popular enough. The DCEU might be completely shut down, but Wonder Woman will still still happen by then. Yes. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, which comes out in November, is going to be 100 minutes long, according to some reports, which would make it the shortest MCU movie. Is that good or bad? That's good. Yeah, I suppose. Because I think, like like a lot of people, I mean, I don't think, uh, one, I think the director gets it. Um, I believe his name is Taika Waititi. This guy gets Nailed it. it. Um, and he also gets the fact that, like, you know, not a lot of people are into a Thor movie, even if you put Hulk into it. Yeah. Um, and th- let's cut to the chase here. You know what I mean? Like, I bet there's going to be it's going to be a lot of action. There's not going to be a lot of talking. And, that's uh, true. I think that's what Thor needs. Give action. me give me a fast paced hundred minutes instead of yeah. you know too much story. I think you can also do that when this is the third Thor movie. And then Thor and Hulk have both been in so many movies. Like we we, we kind of know what the characters are at this point. Yes, they don't need to lay any more groundwork. So I'm excited for that. Another movie news: there was a Deadpool two poster that we tweeted out at Dork Podcast of Domino. So our first look at Domino in the Domino outfit, and she's laying on top of a uh, Deadpool uh, costume. I guess it looks sort of like a dead bear would be in front of the fire. Very similar to what Deadpool did during his marketing campaign. So now you get Domino. The girl from Atlanta, and I think she looks great. Just a lot of Deadpool and confused sexuality, which seems to be his his shtick. You know, it's working for him. Working for him. We also got this news, Ryan. I love this. Elongated man will be in season four of The Flash. This is pretty hashtag dork. Although he is a pretty important <laughs> character, he he's in a bunch of. Depending on what comic books you have read, he's in the Justice League a lot of times. Uh, Infinite Crisis, he was a big part of. You know, if you not to spoil it all away, but he and his and his wife, he's a he's DC's Mister Fantastic, but he's more of a crime solver, like a detective, not a detective, but he's I don't know. He works now, right? You don't you don't he he's, works elongated. He works with a character named Doyby Dickles frequently. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Is elongated man the worst superhero name? Uh, right up there with Matter Eater Lad. Yeah, I know you like Matter Eater Lad. Yeah, <laughs> that one sucks. Yeah, elongated man's tough. Like any, like That's it, tough. he sounds like a Mega Man villain. Like he's not. He's. It's not even like an, like an active verb. Like he. He's. He elongated a while ago. Right, and that's or it. He's, it's or it. he's elongated and he's stuck that way. He's it's not like stretched he's out. Mr. Fantastic. You know what I mean? He can like, is he stuck that way, or does he like stre- like stretch, or does he go back like Stretch Armstrong? Yeah, I know. Like he's good, but he kind of sneaky sucks. And so yeah. I guess he's there, Mr. Fantastic-ish. 
so we'll see how they use him. It'll be cool with some of the CGI. The Flash TV show is pretty good. And that's also a guy, the Flash and Elongated Man have worked together a lot. In fact, Elongated Man's first ever appearance was in a Flash issue like forever ago. Uh, wow, Game, how about that? Game of Thrones is rolling on. Episode 3 was this past weekend. We will have, in fact, by the time you listen to this, we may already have our recap video up. We're going to record that after we record this. So uh, we'll have more on that. Again, spoiler full on that. But this season, I'll say this about it. It's working at a, a breakneck pace. They're, they are not building things up. They are just cutting right to the chase, which I think you can look at as as good but also bad. Like I think it's a little scary because this has been a kind of a well thought out show, and it seems like they're racing this thing to the end. Yeah, and I think with the shortened seasons, um, I know these next two seasons are supposed to be seen as one kind of one season, but they split it in two for some reason. Right. Um, but yeah, they are they are just full out sprint right now. They're they're cutting to the chase, and so yep. we'll have, we'll have more on that again. Dork pod or go to youtube.com slash dork podcast, and you can check out. All of that. Rick and Morty Season 3 is here. Of course, they released their first episode back on April 1st, and uh, then they re-released it again this past weekend, followed by Episode 2, which has sort of a Mad Max feel. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's just classic Rick and Morty. No, I have not seen it. I, I split time this past week. As you know, I was, I was out of town. I yes. split time uh, between my in-law's house in Plymouth, Massachusetts, which does not have cable or internet. Oh, no. To a bungalow in Portland, South Portland, Maine, that did not have a television. So, I am uh, I'm a little behind. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back in the 21st century, Ryan. Yes. Uh, but Rick and Morty is good, so I would uh, recommend that. South Park season 21 uh, pushed back a few weeks. It is now going to uh, kick off on September 13th. But they've also said Trey Parker they're going to do more kind of classic episodes in the sense where the last few years they've sort of done more of a continuity, whereas they used to be like one-off episodes. Yep. And they're going to be doing more of that and less Donald Trump jokes, and so they're back to basics, which I'm, I'm looking forward. I mean, last year was great, but I'm looking forward to them going back to what they used to do. And I'm sure they are, too. I mean, I'm sure, like, these guys are pretty – I mean, you've seen how they uh, – if you're listening to this, you know how South Park kind of runs their operation where they make an episode every week. Um, and I, I, right. I'm guessing at some point the Donald Trump jokes get a little – Dale. They're like, all right, we're done. We're you done know, with this. Like, yeah, I would get bored with that if I was a show writer, so I'm sure they were supremely bored with it. I got a few trailers here before we get to the video game minute. Uh, it had a new trailer out. I don't like clowns. I'm scared of clowns. This will probably be scary. I don't think I'm going to see it in the theater. I'll see what people say about the movie It. I also read online that it's going to be two hours and 15 minutes. Seems like a but long, that is, that's a long clown yeah. movie, is it not? Well, that is a long clown uh, clown movie, um, but also you have to remember that the the original one wasn't it like um, it's like a TV. It was like four hours long, and it was like a two part made for TV movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, man, I guess yeah. that just seems seems like like horror movies. And we're gonna get into horror movies again. We're gonna go balls deep in October into horror movies. But the a lot of the best ones are ninety minutes, a hundred minutes, like two hours and fifteen minutes. Are you nuts? Yeah, but. Anyway, did you see the trailer for Mother? I did, and I was when you wrote that in the outline. I was like, I hadn't seen it because I'd been gone. And then I was like, Oh my god, is it like a Danzig biopic? And then mm. I was like, No, it's some weird Darren Aronofsky movie. Darren Aronofsky, of course, Requiem for a Dream, Pie, Black Swan, The Wrestler. He's back. Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Javier Bardem, and I believe Ed Harris 
and you don't really get a whole lot from the trailer. It's like it's a house. Like I don't know, was it, was it the Conjuring? Like what the hell's going on here? Just very off-putting. You know, just always a lot off-putting. Of always off-putting. Yeah. yeah, the poster's weird. She's holding like I don't know, is that a heart? I don't know. It, I don't know. I don't know. That, so that trailer's out. We uh, tweeted that out as well. And then the last thing, Vice Principals Season 2. Uh, the trailer is out. It's the, the show will be out September 17th, so about a month and a half away from Danny McBride coming back. This this show, very mixed. I, th- I felt some weeks I really liked it. Some weeks I'm like, this show kind of sucks. So it'll be interesting to see where they go in Season 2. It looks like a whodunit because, spoiler, somebody shot Danny McBride at the end of season one. He's still alive, but now he's trying to find out who shot him. And it was interesting to me because I remember reading an article when this show first came out and they were talking about, you know, multiple seasons like Eastbound and Down and stuff. And he said, I forget the guy's name, but I think it's Jody Hill or something like that, the guy yes. he writes all this stuff with. Yeah. Um, and he said it was, it was basically like a movie. So it's supposed to be like a three hour movie, but, or whatever, but it's one season and it's like one and done. But now they're coming back for season two. So, yeah, I don't know. Truth be told, I, I, I did not watch Vice Principal season one, but I will probably catch up. It had some good, mo- had some good moments, but. I don't know. Not great. I wouldn't tell everybody you got to run out and see it. Are you ready for the next portion of the show? Let's do it. It's time for Davey's Video Game Minute. Even if it takes more than a minute. All right, what do you have? So I got one thing today, and this is I spoke to you about a little bit about this last night, and I was... Uh, I've been bouncing this idea back and forth between people. There's, there's a game that's come out that's starting to get some speed right now, and I would love for people to take to the Twitterverse and, and kind of walk me through this. Um, Epic Games, who is responsible for such things as um, uh, Gears of War um, and I think Bulletstorm, or is that just a Cliff Blazinski game that he didn't do with Epic? But anyway, they did Gears of War, and they, they put out this game called Fortnite, which I'm very interested in. Um, it's downloading as we speak. Uh, it just came out, I think, for consoles this week or last week. Um, and basically the idea is you have this cast of characters, think like Overwatch, but you build forts using resources that you collect by killing like waves of monsters. Okay. Um, and so it's like a, I think it's four people or four or five people on a team uh, all you know, have different roles. You have your engineers, you have your, you know, your attack people, your defense people, you know, so it's uh, kind of a team building exercise, if you were. So right. um, if you have any thoughts on this, some strong, strong feelings, or you want to play and show me how to play, check me out on uh, on Twitter or uh, Twitch or whatever. Yes. So get in there. Yep. All right. Get in there. There you go. Fortnite. Sounds good. All right. Let's get on to the topic du jour, Ryan. Well, hey, time. I think that was the first time I did the video game minute where it was actually under a minute. We might have to time it. There very well could be exactly a minute. Yeah. Which, which again, we don't mind if it goes. Sometimes it is more than a minute. In fact, all As times. the song tells you. Yes, it does. It's very, very clear in the, in the lyrics of the song. Let's get yeah. on, though, to the topic du jour, if you would. And what is that, my friend? That, of course, is the topic of the day, and that is Christopher Nolan movies uh, for a couple of reasons. One, Dunkirk is the number one movie in America right now, and Christopher Nolan turned 47 on Sunday. So happy birthday, Christopher that? Nolan. Not, not too bad. Now, he started his career early on with, and this is a guy, by the way, and many of you know this, but writer, director, and producer, does, does a little bit of everything. He started on with some short films. He also did a movie called Following in 1998, which I did not see. Everything else I have seen, with the exception of Dunkirk. I know we, we probably should have seen that before we did this episode, but yes. Tough Marbles, 
I will. It's on my list. I will see Dunkirk. There's no doubt. But wouldn't you agree with this? You got to be in the right headspace to watch a war movie. And I, I'm not always ready to go and just sit down and watch a war movie. Yeah, I remember vividly seeing um, Saving Private Ryan like in the theater, um, and was not really prepared for the opening scene, the the Normandy, the, yeah, the D-Day yeah. scene, where that lot. was just. I just remember that, you know, I like a good silent theater. You know, I don't like people clapping or you know hooting and hollering oh, as please. much like you don't. You know, during the no, and it's and it's not really that good of as much of a feel good story, um, but it's it's stressful. Like that, that, I was stressed out that, that entire movie, and I've I've read the story of Dunkirk, um, just the, from the historical standpoint, and I watched the footage of and they they actually film it on location there and it's just it just looks like two hours of just stress yeah it's gotta be you know? in fact it's less than two hours which i was surprised i think it's a, a buck 45 and for a war movie that's pretty shocking like how many three-hour war movies have you have you exactly. seen so I, again I'm, I'm looking forward to it and you guys can let us know i've heard nothing but good things about it at dork podcast or dork podcast at gmail.com let us know about dunkirk but for all the other movies we've seen there's eight other films We've seen all eight of these. We're going to discuss them now, and we're going to go in order, and then at the end we will uh, rank them and maybe throw some of our favorite moments or some of our favorite acting performances in them. Let's start in 2000, Ryan. That is when Memento came out. Oh, hang on. Hang on, Rich. Oh. You're going to skip. I've, I've seen Following. Oh, son of a bitch. All right, well, tell me about Following. I've seen it. So, um, and this is I, the only reason I want I'll, I'll – it's a bit of a mix between – the Usual Suspects, and another book plug. The book, The Visible Man by Chuck Klosterman. Those two things had a had a kid. Like this would is what be it would this be. Movie. Okay. Now, one of the cool things about this movie is, like you said, it was Christopher Nolan's first movie. It's actually on Netflix if you want to watch it. Um, it's a black and white. I think it's you know 16 millimeter or 8 millimeter some points film. So it's like kind of got that grainy black and white noir film thing going. Um, but kind of you can see. Uh, that Christopher Nolan directed this movie in that, you know, it's shot out of sequence uh, and you can tell just by the way the main character is dressed um, at some points, his hair's different in other scenes and so on and so forth um, but it's kind of like this uh, mystery kind of thing, it starts off as something stupid and kind of morphs into something cool and then and then at the end all the pieces get put together so you know it's okay. that very Christopher Nolan kind of yes, thing Yes. Um, the one cool thing about this is like he shot this and everybody, they shot this on the weekends over the course of a year. Okay. Because everybody involved with the movie had day jobs. Oh, They actually had like nine to five jobs. So like they couldn't, they only could film it on the weekends. Well, he was and like, like nobody a, got paid for it. Yeah, he was, a, he was like 28 or whatever when he made it. Yeah, so like, like the, this yeah. was, it was a cool movie. It's, it's a cool movie um, in terms of the pantheon of Christopher Nolan movies. I think it's, if you're a huge Christopher Nolan fan, it's definitely worth a watch just to see where all of this stuff came from. And one of the coolest parts, um, it, he meets, so the main character um, meets this guy, and they wind up, like, breaking into people's houses. Okay. And one of the houses they break into, you see the door swing open, and there's a Batman logo on the door. Oh, that is pretty good. There's so that's also, actually pretty cool. In, in Memento, which we'll get to, there's also a scene where, I don't know if it's a comic book shop or what kind of shop it is, but they drive by quickly, and there's the Batman and the Superman logo in it. And like, and you're like that's pretty. I also like to pretend that they're all in a shared universe, which I know is crap, but I like to pretend that they are. 
Um, shared universes within shared universes. Exactly. And so following, you said it's on Netflix. Isn't it also like just over an hour? Like it's not very long. It's super short. Yeah, yeah. okay. All right, so now I will start with Memento, which came out in 2000, which is also crazy to think. That means Christopher Nolan was 30 when he made the movie, and it kind of puts your own life in perspective, and you say, I'm not going to amount to much because I'm already 33 and did not make Memento, which is maybe one of the greatest movies of all time. It's an hour and 53 minutes. He was nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. You know how IMDb does like their top 250 movies based on like yep. voters. It's number 48, and on Rotten Tomatoes, I got a 92. Uh, yep. percent quick, Quickly, the the uh, the synopsis, I guess here: a man juggles searching for his wife's murderer and keeping his short-term memory loss from being an obstacle. And of course, Guy Pierce plays the main character Leonard, who has got to be one on the short list of great characters of all time. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those movies that I saw. There aren't a lot of movies that I saw, um, and this is before like, um, before the internet kind of blew up. You know what I mean? So, Oh, yeah, for sure. They, I mean, 2000. There wasn't anybody yeah. spoiling the movie for you? No, and I think it was in the theaters in 01 in the United States. They released it at yeah. like the Venice Film Festival in 2000, then it came out in 01. And I remember seeing it in, like, uh, I was in college. So I think it was 02 or 03 or something like that, and... uh it was the, well, the only movies I've ever seen that actually like blew my mind. It's it's insane. That's a great way of putting it. Like it's crazy. Like we all like how, or I shouldn't say we all like. I like how Quentin Tarantino makes some of his movies, and there's like the time jump, and you're, and you're putting it all together. This takes that to like a completely different level, where the storytelling you have half of it is in black and white, half of it is in color, and I believe if I'm right, the black and white part goes in the correct order, whereas when it's in color, it's going in reverse order, and then it's, he's just going back and forth between the two. Yeah, and that's where, and then, and then at the end, it meets in the middle. Yeah, which and, is like, yeah, it's not. And then like it does like a weird color thing to sort of show you that. Yeah, and it, it was uh, not to get, we won't give any of the plot away. If you haven't seen Memento, like, may I, Richard, may I, may I, yes. like, what the fuck, like, what the fuck are you doing? If you yeah. haven't seen Memento and you're yeah. listening to this, like, stop, pause it, go watch that, go watch that immediately. It's like unbelievable. That, it really is. Yeah. It's an it's an amazing movie. Guy Pierce, probably the best you'll ever see. Guy Pierce, uh, Joe Joey Pants, Joey Pantoliano is amazing yep. in it, and Carrie Ann Moss. And there's a few other actors here and there, but those three. Carrie Ann Moss has some really intense scenes in this movie, and she's she almost is kind of scary. Like you know that one scene that I'm talking about where she's in the yeah. in the car. Yeah. Oh my god! Like that is wild, and it's just. Yeah. Oh my god! So I yeah I can't recommend this movie enough. I don't know if somebody asked us a while ago about like our top ten favorite movies. I don't think this would crack my top ten favorites, but it's it's probably knocking on the door. And if I just had to say straight up, you know, ten best movies, like what are the best movies you've ever seen? This is definitely on that list. Absolutely, and I think that the the, the line for me is like if I'm looking at a wall of DVDs, you know, and and Memento's on there, I'll be like ah. Oh. I don't know. You know like, but if someone's like, hey, do you want to watch Memento? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, or and I feel like it's never on TV anymore, but if you ever like stumbled upon it, you're like, all right, I'm sucked in. Like, I, I got to watch this, and it just blows your mind. This is also, I remember, because this, again, it came out in 01. The DVD probably came out in 02. I probably started collecting DVDs in like 2000, 2001. Yep. So this was definitely one of the first in my collection. Before my collection grew to just an obscene level, uh, Memento was was in there. 
And I remember buying this movie because I, I used to go. My big thing was I'd go to Blockbuster and the previously viewed DVD racks where you can get like three for twenty bucks. Awesome deal. Yep. It was an awesome deal, and I don't know how. The, no wonder they went out of business because the like, guy <laughs> would go in there with forty bucks and come out with six movies. <laughs> but I remember, I remember at one time I picked up this movie and the Boondock Saints in one trip, and I was like, just I remember <laughs> being like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Slightly like, I watched different. Memento and then watched the Boondock Saints. I was like, why did I ever think that this was a good movie? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Boondock Saints, I feel like to now it's just viewed upon as, like, the worst movie of all time. But when we watched it, we were probably six, 16, 17, 20, whatever. Like, I was older than that. Yeah, it was but entertaining. Like, was like it was entertaining. 20, 21. Yeah. Whatever. It was entertaining. It, it sucks. But, like, Memento is, a, is an all-timer. Uh Anything else on Memento? Again, you have to see it. We don't want to spoil it. I mean, there's no. I mean, I guess we could. The movie's been out for 17 years, but for those few of you that haven't seen it, it's it's that good that I want you to watch it without knowing what happens. It's it's hashtag dork canon. Like if you're gonna wa- listen to yeah, any other episodes of the show, you have to be aware and see this. Have seen this movie because like one of the reveals, which I'm not going to say, but one of the reveals where you find out like a really like late in the game, you find out, and it just, it kind of blows your mind. It's not like, it, and it's not even like the M Night Shyamalan where like the whole movie is based off of the twist. It just happens to be like a really big twist because the whole movie is just crazy trying to figure out what this guy is doing because he has short term memory memory loss. Yeah. So like everything, he like is meeting people over and over and over again. It's, I can't say enough good things about Memento. So we're getting into the hard push. And it's a great character study when you, you see something like this and you're like, you know, you figure out pretty early on what a character's motivation is. And what if your character doesn't know what his motivation is? What if you don't know? Like, what does that look like? You know, and it's, so yeah. it's a really – and that's one of the a Nolan thing that just these really cool ideas. You know what I mean? That, yeah, that great has. idea. Unbelievable idea. We'll get to some more of his great ideas. The next movie he did uh, was not his idea because this is the only one, I believe, on this list that he did not write. And that is Insomnia. It came out in 2002. It clocks in at 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I am shocked by. It is one hour and 58 minutes, and the plot, two Los Angeles homicide detectives are dispatched to a northern town where the sun doesn't set to investigate the methodical murder of a local teen. Uh, They go to Alaska, and so I like that. That's sort of a different idea where it's daylight all the time, and Al Pacino plays uh, one of the main cops in this. this. This movie, to me, was fine it was not great and maybe we'll get to the rankings later but maybe the worst movie he did uh yeah i i think and it was just so like at the time like i remember in 2002 remember robin williams also did one hour photo yeah so robin williams the two stars are pacino robin williams you also got hillary swank but yeah so robin williams also did that as well yeah but he did one hour photo in the same year so i'm like i remember thinking like what the hell is going on and i remember getting the movies confused Sure. But they were both very like dark movies starring you know Robin Williams as like a killer. Well, he's the bad guy like a, in this, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I remember seeing it. I've only seen this movie once, and I remember seeing it and being like, "Huh, that was pretty good." It's you know, but not like not. I didn't know you know Christopher Nolan directed this until you know like three years ago when someone brought it up. Oh, yeah, you're like, oh, I got I to gotta watch that then because that's like, a Christopher no Nolan movie. You know, like, I didn't even know that. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I remember. Again, I, I don't think he wrote it. He just directed it. Correct. Yeah I, yeah, I think he may have done some of the rewrites probably on it or whatever, but he was not one of the writers. So this wasn't an original idea. 
of his, and maybe you sort of see that shown out. I'm also not a huge Al Pacino fan. I know people love him, but I'm like, whatever. And so Pacino, Robin Williams, there have, there's a scene in this. It's literally a foot chase between Al Pacino and Robin Williams. Like the it, two least at least athletic people in the world. It, it it plays out exactly like you think it would, and Al Pacino sprints exactly like you think he would sprint. It's just so awkward. You're like, here here goes Al Al Pacino chasing down Robin Williams, and you're like, this is terrible. Like this is so bad. You get Hillary Swank post nine oh two one oh, but pre million dollar baby. Where did uh, Karate Kid three fall in or four fall into the next Karate Kid fall into that? Probably is it after that post. Yeah, I would say this is post that. Um, yeah, this is. It's funny that you say you thought it was just kind of eh because as you know, watching this movie, there are so many that you're like, oh, you got to see this. This is a great movie, or this is crap. Don't see this. But there happens to also be that that middle ground where this falls into neither category. Like you can't right. you can't really feel passionately about this movie one way or the other. You watched it, fine. You're not going to own it. I, I'd be surprised if you put it in your collection or wanted to sit down and watch it again. But like, I, I wasn't pissed that I spent. You know, two hours on it. That's fine. All right, let's jump ahead to 2005. And this is where you kick off the Dark Knight trilogy with Batman Begins. It is two hours and 20 minutes. It ranks 115 on the IMDb Top 250 and 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, IMDb says, after training with his mentor, Batman begins his fight to free crime-ridden Gotham City from the corruption that Scarecrow and the League of Shadows have cast upon it. And I would say first, Davey, uh, Joel Schumacher really tried to kill the franchise. He tried to kill one of the most beloved characters of all time. And then you bring in Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale, and they completely save it with this movie. And I would say this is a bit of a, a, bit of a hot take. Hot take alert, Richard. Uh-oh. This movie, th- what you and I do right now and what – you know, this weekly thing and what we talk about every week with the MCU and the DCEU and whatever, none of that exists without this movie. Ooh. And a lot of people forget this movie is like 12 years old. Like, it is, yeah. This movie came out three years before Iron Man did. Yeah, good point. You know what I mean? So, well, there were some successes like, you know, the Raimi Spider-Man franchise was doing very well at the time, but getting kind of... Uh, glossy is a word I would use. It's getting very, you know. Yeah, and like the X Men, uh, the first couple X Men were good, and those were already out. But you're right. This was this was on a different level. This is a different type of movie. And I think this was the this was the movie where people saw like, oh my god, like we can do this. Like we can do, um, like a darker, uh, you know, more challenging superhero movie, and not have it be something dumb, and not have it be like a cartoon. Well, and you have so much good source material, like with these comic book movies. Like you don't need to have two jerk-offs that don't even know anything about the character write something on it. Be like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man's cool, or the X-Men, they can do this. Like, you yeah. can go to, and I know Nolan wrote this, but he talks about some of the other, like how he was inspired by the killing joke and how, like, some of these other ones, I believe, that he, that he liked. They're, they're all out there, so you can take stuff from those and bring it into your movie. And so he does that with this. I also, what I really thought was a great idea was they didn't recycle villains from the previous four movies so you really because to me you were really separating yourself like you eventually once you got all the goodwill from that movie you could bring in a new joker but even at the time you're thinking well jack nicholson's the best joker like you're not gonna be able to do a better joker yeah they said screw that we're not gonna go we're gonna go with Ra's al ghul to give you a really good 
origin story, and we're going to go with Scarecrow, who is a known villain for all the Batman fans. He's a scary villain for those who don't know him, and you can't compare him to a Tim Burton movie. You can't compare him to a Schumacher movie. So that all worked out perfect, and Christian Bale proved to be, you know, he does the voice, whichever he makes fun of him for, but he proved to be a good Bruce Wayne and a, and a good Batman. And I, Yeah, and I think there was... How do you take something so ridiculous, like a guy who flies around a town as a bat, and ground it in something that you're like, it almost makes sense that like somebody would do yeah. this. You know what I mean? Um, and that was the, the, the thing that did it for me, was that it, it was as real as a superhero movie is going to get. Like, you see, you know, Bruce Wayne get hurt. You know, and not, oh, yeah. not just like, like the big bad guy hurts him, like normal people hurt him like you know the first time he like does he drops down and starts doing push-ups yeah yeah he's like, like all he, bruised he's up all, like bruised up and everything you know so it's you know you get some dings and stuff so it's um it was just landmark is the wrong word to use but uh, an important movie in terms of people stepping back and being like holy shit like we can actually make real movies with superheroes in them yeah, oh, exactly. And you also get Michael Caine in this movie who teams up with Christopher Nolan in just about every single movie. You Everything, get him as yeah. a really good Alfred. And you mentioned Iron Man before. I mean, Batman Begins and Iron Man are, are, are the two best origin story movies for all these comics. Like, we've seen a thousand comic book movies by now, and there are some great ones. I would say these two are the best. I really like Deadpool, too, but as far as an origin story is concerned, because sometimes you're just afraid, or you're telling too much of a story that people know, but this was, this was a sort of a different element and they did a, a great job in that. Uh, Absolutely. 2006, anything more on that one? No. All right. 2006, the very next year, uh, Christian Bale is back. Uh, Michael Caine is back and he goes with the prestige two hours and 10 minutes. It's number 47 on IMDb's top 250, yet only 76% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, two stage magicians engaged in competitive one-upmanship in an attempt to create the ultimate stage illusion. And I would say, Ryan, with this one, it's the closest thing you'll ever get to Batman versus Wolverine with Alfred and teaming up with the Black Widow as an assistant ever in a movie. Now, hang on. Is this the one with Edward Norton no. and Jessica Biel? Son of a bitch. That one is the illusionist and is not oh. as good. Okay. With the, what's the one with the volcano? Is that volcano or is that Dante's Peak? That is Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> no, all joking aside, but I kid. So weird. It, it was so weird that the Prestige and the Illusionist, starring Edward Norton, came out within like weeks of each other. And right? like one, yeah. And then one of them, this one had Scarlett Johansson. Didn't the Illusionist have Jessica Biel? It had Jessica Biel in it. Yep. That one was not. I don't. I don't think that was shit. But this one was great. Like I, this, this movie, oh I love. God. I love this movie. Christian Bale versus Hugh Jackman. They're both incredible. You got Matt. I love magic. I'm a sucker for magic. I can watch bad Matt. As you saw me at Comic Con, I can watch magic. Quick plug for forever. quick plug for the YouTube channel. Yes, Richard Keith. losing his shit at a magic trick. Good. It was a good card trick. You got to admit. But I, again, one of those movies. And what do they say? It's like the. Um, there's three stages to a magic trick. It's the the pledge, the turn, and the prestige. Yes. And does that not, Richard, this is the English teacher in me, does that mm. not become a theme in all of Christopher Nolan's movies? Oh, it absolutely is. You it, know what it, I mean? Yeah, so, without question. Yeah, so I, I thought this was an interesting, you know, take on, you know, directing and filmmaking and, like, all that stuff. But that aside, um, 
just a really cool concept. And the fact that they bring in, you know, Thomas Edison and, like, Nikola Tesla. Yeah, pretty cool. And, like, Edison's kind of an asshole. And, like, <laughs> Tesla is, like, you know, Tesla's the one who has all the good ideas. And, like, Edison's the one who just, like, steals them from him. Mm-hmm. You know, and how does that mirror the two magicians? You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, clearly, you know, Christian Bale in the movie, I forget the character's names. And I'm not going to look it up now. But, um, like, he's the more talented one. Yes, he is. And, it, like, Hugh Jackman's character is just trying to stay with him, like, the whole time. You know what I mean? Because he comes up with this trick. We won't give anything away. This will make this spoiler-free, this episode. But yeah, which he is comes a up shame. With this trick no, and, that's fine. Yeah, go ahead. And, you know, Hugh Jackman's trying to, like, replicate it or do something better than him. And it's uh, he just can't do it. And so he kind of does something a little uh, unethical in order to get his trick done. Well, so let me – yeah, so there's some – and then there's another one. Again, I would say it's a twist rather than a a reveal that's pretty surprising. Actually, I want to go – I'm going to go spoilers here for the procedure. It's been out for 11 years. If you don't want it spoiled, just skip – hit the 15-second skip uh, a few times. We we won't talk about it for too long, but just hit that right now. I got a couple of questions for you. One, Hugh Jackman's machine that he has where he dumps himself down and then he transports somewhere else and he – drowns basically every single time yeah that's him right like so he yeah. he dies every time but then the like the doppelganger or whatever the hell like the, the carbon copy just cre- creates a new somewhere else but does and he has yeah. all the memories of before right so it's just like he's it's like a copy of him but so he's killing like, the original every time so he every time he yeah. does the trick one there's two guys because so basically tesla invented gave him that thing where he basically like splits Yes. Or he replicates. Yeah, like himself. all the hats. That was really cool in the show where all the hats were going. That was sick. Where all the hats were going, yeah. yeah. And then so they just replicates it. So the person actually doing the trick dies. Great. It's absolutely insane. And then the other part, of course, the big reveal, which is great, is that Christian Bale is a twin. And you can see that they laid the seeds early on. Like he's talking to his, his girlfriend or his wife, and he's like, I love you. And she's like, not today. She's like, sometimes when you say it, you mean it, and other times you don't, which is like, which is awesome when you go back and watch that again and and you realize what she's talking about. And then also when he gets his fingers shot off, so then his brother has to cut his fingers off just so he can keep the keep the act going. And that's and that's the and like you said, it's not a it's not a it's not a twist like a Shyamalan twist. No, it's it's a reveal. It's like the it's like the trick. Like ah, you know what I mean? Like when someone shows you. A magic trick, and they say, "Oh, your card's actually right here." And you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, of course it is. You know what I mean? Um, Movie's great. But that was like a, such a cool reveal. The prestige, as it were, was such a cool thing that he's been selling the fact that he's one person for 20 years. Like, what? That's the greatest trick of all. <laughs> like, yeah, that is amazing. So, all right, there you go. There's the prestige again. I wouldn't say it's in my top 10 favorite, but I, I would consider it. Like, it's it's that good. I really enjoy it. This movie, yeah. this upcoming movie, is in mine. I'm sure it's in most people's favorite movies of all time. 2008, The Dark Knight. Two hours, 32 minutes. It's number four on the IMDb Top 250, and it got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. When the menace known as the Joker emerges from his mysterious past, he wreaks havoc and chaos on the people of Gotham. The Dark Knight must accept one of the greatest psychological and physical tests of his ability to fight injustice. And, again, if you go back to 2008, there were a lot of people, myself included, saying, Heath Ledger, mm, I don't know how this is going to play out. And then, holy yeah, shit, was it amazing. 
the original casting was Crispin Glover, who we've mentioned this before, but he actually dropped out to do Beowulf. So thank you for <laughs> thank you for that. He would have been good, um, I think. But I just I cannot. We talk about comic book movies a lot. We talk about comic book villains. We talk about great performances in comic book movies and stuff like that. Like I cannot impress like how much I feel that this is one of my personal favorite movies and one of the best movies I've ever seen. Not just comic books, not just like character study, but like this is one of the tightest movies I've ever ever seen from the way it was shot, from the way it was written, from the way it was acted. Like this movie is fucking perfect. It really is. Like I, I would I would say I they could have kept Katie Holmes. I thought she was better than Maggie Gyllenhaal. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal. Okay, so if if Katie Holmes had the emotional range that Maggie Gyllenhaal, I think Maggie Gyllenhaal is a better actor than Katie Holmes. I don't like her face. And, and there's always you, you have a give and take with all this <laughs> stuff, Richard. You know what I mean? It's like that thing with like the hot crazy scale. Like the hotter the girl is, the crazier she is. You know what I mean? Yes, that's I very do. misogynistic. But it that's is where my mind went. Let's let's leave that at the door, would you? We'll leave that there. Hashtag door. But, we welcome all listeners, all yeah, sex. Because there are there are you know beautiful actresses, and I'm sure. You know, Maggie. I mean, uh, yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal has her fans out there. Um, but it just seemed I, odd. Like, like you, I don't think I'm not one of them. No, um, I, yeah, I'm not one of them. And I just think, like, it wasn't necessary to to make that switch. But I mean, again, it's not a huge deal. It's not like you're swapping out the main act. It's not like you're swapping out Batman no. going in. So and, that it was okay. And I, but other than that, I mean, even but but the way she acts in she, her job in this movie, she did fantastically. You know, she. Other than you know, looking like a sad turtle, you know she, <laughs> like um, like she, Droopy the dog, yeah, a little bit, you know, or his nephew Dripple. <laughs> I believe it's his but nephew or his son. Heath Ledger's performance in this movie is not just a great job in a comic book movie; it's one of the best ever. It is an all like, is an absolute all timer. I would say. You know that's number one. Again, I go back to Guy Pearce and Memento. Uh, that was an incredible performance. Heath Ledger, of course, won the Oscar. Uh, he, he he was already dead, but he won the Best Supporting Actor for this movie. One knock that I've heard about this movie is, you know, the scene basically where they're like testing the bullet. You know, they're they're going through and they're showing you all the stuff that that Bruce Wayne and Alfred are doing to try to get like evidence that it's the Joker. Right. I understand because that, that just seems like so technical and it seems like a little crazy, like a million to one odds and all the stuff that they could find all that and pull, you know have all that. But I do think Batman is the world's greatest detective and you needed to show some detective work. So I'm okay with that scene. Like I think that helps describe who the character is. And I think, and I, I firmly believe this, that the Dark Knight Rises is its own thing and I, I know it's flawed and I know that it's not it's not it was never gonna be as good as the Dark Knight ever. Couldn't like, it couldn't be. Just, yeah, you took the Joker once, out. Once Heath Ledger passed away, there was no shot that that, that the right. Dark Knight rises was ever going to be as good as the Dark Knight. Period, end of story. So like I I went into that thinking that, you know, that that, that was the case. But you could see the clear trajectory that this, this story arc was going on, like you said, that of Bruce Wayne becoming a billionaire, but also becoming the world's greatest detective. You know what I mean? Where, oh, yeah. Where he, and and uh, that would have paved the way, and I think, if Nolan were, you know, uh, Heath Ledger was still with us, and, you know, that opens up, you don't go straight action, maybe. Maybe you go with a Riddler character. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Or something like that where or it's a little bit more cerebral. Yeah, you could do Riddler and you could have you could have even done Bane and what also the unfortunate part is if you could have cuz Heath Ledger or the Joker, I should say, was still alive at the end of Dark Knight. And That's so what I'm saying. You, you could have created you could have thrown him in Arkham Asylum and done more of the like Hannibal Lecter type vibe where Batman goes to Arkham and say the Joker somehow he knows Bane or he knows who the Riddler is or whatever and you, and you keep going back to him and so you don't have to use him he doesn't have to be the the star villain as you were saying but he could still be included in the universe cuz even though technically you're watching Dark Knight Rises and you could be thinking well the Joker's out there somewhere but the fact that you never see him they don't really refer to him it's you just you just know that he's gone which is a shame yeah, and, and and there's great source material for like you know the the Joker operating from Arkham, and yeah. oh yeah, him still pulling strings and Batman having to go there and be like uh, you know what the hell and you know what I mean like have the, so have that that interrogation room scene again, you know and they're different now and they're having a different type of conversation because you know that up with the the conversation between De Niro and Pacino in Heat yes. The scene with Batman and the Joker in the interrogation room is one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever. Yeah, I don't blame you. That is incredible. It's an incredible back yeah. and forth. Both guys are pulling it off. They're they're both so in character, and it's compelling. And it's it's yeah, it's perfect. So can't, not enough good things to say about the Dark Knight, obviously. And so we uh, whether it's a comic book movie or any movie, it's it's one of the best. The next one, 2010. So two more years. He comes out with Inception, two hours, 28 minutes. He received two Oscar nominations, Best Picture and Best Original Screenplay. It is currently ranked number 14 on the IMDb list, and it got an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. A thief who steals corporate secrets through the use of dream-sharing technology is given the inverse task of planting an idea into the mind of a CEO. I'm going to say something very controversial here right now, Ryan. Yeah, go ahead. I think Inception is overrated. I kind of agree. I think part of it for me, I did not see it opening weekend. I think I saw it in the theater. No, I definitely saw it in the theater, but it was like a few weeks after it had been out, and everybody told me it was the greatest movie of all time. And that alone, it it really has to live up to it, and it almost is almost undoubtedly I'm going to look at it and say, eh. So... It got built up way too high for me. So that, that's not really the movie's fault. That's more of a me thing, I guess, or the people I was talking yeah. to. But it was like built up like this is the greatest movie ever. I thought it was it was almost confusing for like confusing sake. Like Memento, there's a lot going on, but if you're paying attention, you can really follow it and you're like, Oh, this is this is amazing. Where I thought Inception it was too much of like you're in, no, you're in a dream's dream, and now no, but you're in his dream. Oh, you better not wake up because then this happens, and then she's still in the dream of a dream. And I'm like, okay, that's like okay. South Park. I thought made fun of it, and they they hit it right out of the head or right out of the park. Yeah. And you're just like, what, what? Hang on, what? Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like where? And I think that was the cool thing. Like you, but it plays with that thing. Like uh, you know, I like to think with the I forget what they call it. The knock or something like that, or the jolt when they they push you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's like wakes you up. Um, but it was actually like a cool idea that may or may not have been like flushed out enough. The Maybe idea if it was is... like a three hour movie. It would have been. But who wants to watch a three hour movie, right? No, I don't. You're right. The idea is pretty incredible. Like the idea alone. I think is why maybe so many people like it. And maybe I'm just too 
simple to really understand what was going on. Because I know this is a lot of people's favorites. Like we said, hey, we're doing Christopher Nolan movies, and a lot of people are like, oh, Inception's the best, Inception's the best. I was like, yeah, I, I guess. We'll see. And I can see, but the thing is, like, I, I, I really like Inception. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Now, did I... Again, it was there were some cool things there, but it didn't blow me away the way Memento did or the way The Dark Knight did. But it was it was neat. I thought it was like, oh, what a cool little concept, and like visually, Stunning. it would had like I put it on par with like Doctor Strange, like you know what I mean, like some really cool visual things. Oh and, yeah, I and mean, that's what we're like, saying about Doctor Strange. We're like, it's got it feels like Inception. Yeah, and like there's this uh, Nolan thing, this like attention to detail. Oh yeah, that that it's just bananas, like. Bonkers, like so, like you know, like that that sound where it's like Wah! in oh the movie. Oh my god! Yeah, that's actually the score slowed down to where they are in like the the dream within a dream. Yeah, I mean it's nuts. So like the way, like that that sound that the yeah. The, I mean the movie, even with the orchestral stuff, like he wove that in there. Like, oh, that's it's crazy. It's unbelievably well thought out. I mean it, it's it's a it's almost a perfect movie in that sense. But I'm just saying for me. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't my favorite. It was, a, it was a great cast. Again, a great idea, and I understand. And I trust me, I understand why people like it. But it may have been a little bit much for for me. Uh, let's go. A little too abstract. It was very yeah, abstract. Maybe that's what it yeah. was. That might have been what it was. Yeah. Like, I mean, I like M. C. Escher as much as the next guy, but I don't need a two and a half hour movie. Uh, yeah. 2012. He concludes the Dark Knight trilogy with the Dark Knight Rises. Two hours and 44 minutes. Believe it or not, it's number 64 on IMDb's list, and it got an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, if you're keeping track, is better than Batman Begins, which is very which odd. Which is, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, and again, maybe it's the, the, the case that, you know, The Dark Knight being, you know, uh, you know, almost 10 years older than The Dark Knight Rises, that maybe people at the time didn't really know what to do with Batman Begins. Yeah, like, no, that's what? true. Yeah, I think they may have been surprised by it. And this what maybe just got so much positive attention because The Dark Knight was so good. And so this is uh, eight years after the Joker's reign of anarchy. The Dark Knight, with the help of the enigmatic Selina, is forced from his exile to save Gotham City, now on the edge of total annihilation from the brutal guerrilla terrorist Bane. Now, I would say my quick bullet points on Dark Knight Rises, Bane, great. Like he he got I think sometimes gets criticized, but I loved him. I'm fine with the voice. I and I don't like Tom Hardy as much as you do. I don't think anybody does. But Bane was great. <laughs> I thought Catwoman was bad. It was a shitty Catwoman. I'm not a big Anne Hathaway fan. And I thought Talia Al Ghul was kind of wasted by how it was. It wasn't. It was. It was like a really late reveal. I think it would have been a lot better off. Um, I don't know if if we just knew who she was or if she did more. So three good villains or one kind of anti-hero, like three good characters to use, but kind of hit and miss and somewhere in between. Yeah. Okay. So there was one. I would say to her, de- uh, in her defense, in Anne Hathaway's defense, there was one great scene with her where you absolutely were like, I get it. You know, and that was the one where she was. There was that big shoot up, like in the bar. And oh yeah, she's yeah. She's like yeah. pretending that she's like pretending to cry. She's like, "Help me, help me, help me." She's like walking out of the bar, and then like on a dime, she just like turns it off. Yeah. Oh, she's a good like, actress. I, I, I thought that was yeah. really good. She's a great actor. Yeah. And um, uh, but her motivations, like their interactions together, was was good. I mean, that was you know true to 
true to Batman form, right. you know, Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle having this really weird relationship. Um, like you, I thought Talia Al Ghul was a bit underused. Yes, for sure. In that there was so much more there. And if you didn't kill her in the end, sorry, spoiler, if That's she fine. didn't die in the end, you know, just, you just paved the way for just so much stuff. You know, oh, yeah. if she gives birth to Damian Wayne, like exactly. how much cooler these. And I know this was Nolan's last movie, and I know him and Bale were like, we're done. You know, like they're like we're done, one. and they didn't. They never wanted to add a Robin. They never wanted to do any of that stuff. Although, I mean, they sort of in a weird way. That was one thing I really hated was that you find out that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character's real name is Robin, and you're like, no, Which the, that's not how any of this like, works. Oh, like, oh, Robin's in the movie. I'm like, no, the character of Robin's name isn't Robin. None of them. Like that's that's all. Like a, it's all like, five of them like were never named joke. Robin. Yeah, that was a, so. That was annoying. Do you think he would have made a good Batman? Like, if they continued the series and they had him actually be Batman, do you think Joseph Gordon-Levitt would have been good at that? See, I think I think it would have been it would have been um, interesting um, because he's such a different character than Bruce Wayne. Obviously, yes, you know yes. um, what I would now. If it were me and you were you wanted a reveal at the end that he was technically Robin, you know what I mean? Dick Grayson. I read. So, I, by the way, I read somewhere that the, it was a joke between. Nolan and Bale, and Bale was like, "I'm not doing another. If you if you put Robin in the movie, I'm not doing it." Yeah, so that, to me, that's kind of you didn't really need to do that just for a joke. You didn't need like, to. That's super but inside. What, t- what was the kid? Terry McGillis is that his name? Yeah. What if you said his name? His real name was Terry McGillis. Yeah, you could have said Terry McGillis. You could have said Dick Grayson for all we like. Fine, like we the, the change the backstory a little bit, or Jason Todd, or Tim Drake. You could you could have found a way around it. I'm I'm screwing up Batman Beyond's name, and I know we're going to get a tweet, and I'm going to... No, you're all right. Hang in there. Am I all right? You're doing all right. Let's go on to the... Two years later, he does Interstellar, two hours and 49 minutes. It's number 32 on IMDb's list, although just a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. A team of explorers travel through a wormhole in space in an attempt to ensure humanity's survival... I felt like this, Ryan. I thought the movie was way too long. It was a slow burn, and then maybe ultimately just a slog. Um, yeah. McConaughey goes real McConaughey in this movie. Like he's dropping all kind. Like he sounds like McConaughey turned up to a hundred. And I don't know. I didn't really care that much. Like it was a. Co- this is another one. Cool idea, but I, I think ultimately it was a bit of a letdown. A bit of a letdown, and and now we're in full internet thing now and yeah. i remember by the way terry mcginnis not mcgillis oh mcginnis yeah, yeah yeah terry mcginnis so um yeah i i was in full internet mode here i hadn't i waited a little bit to see it because i wanted to see like what happened with the reviews and stuff and it, like it, this one is just if you thought that inception was abstract like this one was just completely off the wall and i'm sure if I sat down face to face with Christopher Nolan and was like, "Explain this, explain this part to me that doesn't really make sense to me," he would have an answer, like a straight answer. He could do it. Yeah, I still don't really know what's going on with McConaughey behind the bookshelf and all that other stuff. And again, I, I freely admit I'm simple, and I know plenty of you listening to this can probably explain it. And again, you can help us out on the email or the and tweets. I think, yeah, I think Richard. I think the issue is is that we're not dumb. It's that Christopher Nolan is just so much smarter than us. Oh, that's a compliment. I'll take that. I'll take that. So we're still you know, smart, like, right? He's just he's just really, really, really smart. 
And it's one of those movies where, like, I watched it, and I'm like, I'm looking at it, and like you said, it was kind of a slog, and like, well, that's kind of a cool little thing that they did there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but then I'm like, if people are like, did you like it? I'm like, yeah, it was, it was good. And they're like, well, you know, what do you mean? Like, this is the blah, blah, blah. And I would turn it on them and be like, why did you like it? Yeah, I don't and know what like, they'd say. Cause it's because cause, cause it's awesome. Cause like, no, the, it's, no, so, it's so sci-fi, and it's just like, what a night, like, what a concept. I would yeah. say... It's not exactly time tra- time travel, but you know they're dealing with wormholes and stuff. But as I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking I'm like, and I think about this all the time during other shows. Time travel is a mind fuck. There's no other way to describe it because the more you think about it, the more you feel like there's holes in it. Like I think about that when I'm watching The Flash. I think about that when I'm watching other shows. I'm saying, well this wouldn't happen this way or like there'd be more changes or there'd be, you know, more significant changes or whatever. And so watching this with how things play out, cause not to spoil it too much, but they do go through a wormhole and they're warned to like, Hey, if you step down on this part of the galaxy or whatever, like an hour there is like seven years back at home. And like, so you're, right. you're, you're messing around with that and, and you know, ultimately kind of maybe how it's going to end. But as you're thinking about it, I'm like, I, I don't know if this really, if it adds up, like I don't really get no, it. No, because you're doing you're doing like math in your head. Yeah, as, as like as the movie's going, like you're doing this like weird like uh, conceptual math in your head, yeah. and you're like, so if they're there, like how long? You know what I mean? And right. um, the other thing too is like I always think about time travel, and this is just like a shower thought more than it is like a critique of the film. Yes. Like, say I wanted to jump here, like where I am now, to like January. Like I wanted to jump six five, six months ahead, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Am I, is time travel tied to gravity? Because the Earth isn't going to be in the same spot I left. So if I say, like, all right, do you have to go to, like, the same spot in the same year and the same second? Because if I say, like, I want to jump ahead to January, am I just, like, hanging out in space because the Earth is on, like, the other side of the sun? Yeah, and, like, how do you know? How does that work? And, like, because you would obviously have to live all of those days for you to pop up in that other time. So, like, you don't have any of those memories. So, what, who knows what you did? Exactly. Like, you could have been a complete dickhead, like, you, you know, or, or whatever. Like, or you made, made, made uh, promises that you couldn't cash in on. I don't yeah. know. And, and time is a flat circle. <laughs> no, it you is. Uh, in 2015, Nolan made a movie called Quay. It's a short film. I did not see that. Did you? Didn't see it. Okay. All right. Skip it. And then 2017, in theaters right now, is Dunkirk, one hour, 46 minutes. It is already number 51 on IMDb's top 250, although I feel like early on you get so many positive reviews that that number will probably come down once more and more people see it. But still, number 51, and on Rotten Tomatoes, 93% allied soldiers from Belgium, the British Empire, and France are surrounded by the German army and evacuated during a fierce battle in World War II. And, of course, it is a true story. Uh, we haven't seen it yet, but we're definitely going to. And it's one of those movies like Need Like people are like starting to get pissed at us that they we haven't seen it. Yet. What do you mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Plus the way it's shot, you really need to see it in the theater. I get it. I've heard it. I I, I will uh, do my best. <laughs> we hear you. I hear we you. hear you. We're gonna do it. We're gonna see it, and we're gonna tell you probably next week what we thought of it. But um, I get it. Like I get why people are you know all about this movie, and I get that because it's a phenomenal story. Um, with a phenomenal director and great uh, Tom Hardy again. Sure, I mean Tom uh, Hardy's in like most of these movies for sure. For sure, but uh, I I would say when we start ranking these things, we take Dunkirk as you know, okay, 
fine. It's probably one or two of all his movies. And um, I don't know if it is. Yeah. I'll be honest. I doubt that it is. And and I say that with all due respect because I, if it's the best war movie, and maybe it will be, I still don't think it would be one or two. Like the best war movie to me, um, probably Platoon. And I don't okay. think I don't yeah. I wouldn't have Platoon one or two on my list if you added it to all the Nolan movies. So I mean, unless Dunkirk is better than Platoon, then and maybe it will be, maybe it will be. And then, but even yeah, then, I mean, even then, it's not a guarantee, picture, right? Probably, yeah. It was incredible. It was an incredible movie. Yeah. Incredible movie. As was Saving Private Ryan was also very good. I think. So. Yeah, that's a Full Metal Jacket. I thought again the first half was great. First half was great. <laughs> that's and then, what everybody uh, says. What's the other one? Yeah. Uh, Apocalypse Now is. Oof. I don't want to talk about Apocalypse. That's now. like ten hours. That's a slog. But anyway, yeah, there's, that, a, there's a lot it, of good war it, movies. I'm just gonna hot, another hot take, Richard. Apocalypse oh. Now. Keep it coming. Not that good. Oof! Look at you. I'm not gonna argue that. <laughs> I'll be honest. It was it's, quite in long. terms of in terms of direction. Yeah, it's dr- they terms, directed the shit out of it. Sure. Directed fine. Kubrick's one of the greatest directors of all. Was that Kubrick? No. No, it was uh, son of a bitch. That was Full Metal Jacket. Was Kubrick? I forget. Yeah, he did Whatever. Full Metal Jacket. Uh, Apocalypse Now, overrated. Wow, you heard it. I said Inception was overrated. You said Apocalypse Now was overrated. Unreal. Um, All right, we'll find out who the director is on that here in a second. Uh, I mean, who the fuck? I mean, you know. Rank the movie. So if you want to include following, you can. My list, I have one through eight. If you want to lob following in there and go one through nine, uh, rank the Christopher Nolan movies, again, outside of Dunkirk because we have not seen it. Okay, I'll go one through eight. Okay, so we have, let's see, eight. Um, I would probably put Insomnia. Yes. Just because, like I said, I, it's a, and this is the thing, like we say this all the time, it's a good movie. But in terms of the rest of it, if you this, put it next to all the rest of these movies. And I think that's you know, kind like, of a compliment to him because it's the only one he didn't write, and I'm with you. I, I have it number eight. Oh, by the way, Francis Ford Coppola did Apocalypse Thank now. you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, Insomnia is a good movie. I think you should definitely, if you ha- if it's on, watch it. It's a good movie. Great. Yes. Um, number seven. Number seven, I would put following. Okay. Number six? Uh, probably. Did you, not come pre- the, did you not come prepared for class? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I would say The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. After that, Interstellar. Yep. Where am I now? Uh, five, I believe. Okay. Um, are we throwing Dunkirk out? We've seen Dun. We haven't seen it. I don't know how you're going to possibly no. rank it. I know, but like, it, the it, hell's the matter with you? Count in my ranking is what I'm saying. No. Okay. Fine. No, because you just you just did Insomnia, interst or Insomnia, uh, following Interstellar. So no, actually, you're okay. at six. You're at six. I'm at six. Okay, so I'm going to go here with um. I already did The Dark Knight Rises. All right, that's number so six, go... then. That's number six. Number five. Okay, number five. Batman Begins. Okay, number four. Inception. Number three. The Prestige. Number two. Memento. And number one. The Dark Knight. Yeah, my list is very similar. I got Insomnia 8, Interstellar 7. I think I'm going to go Dark Knight Rises 6. Even though I'm not a huge Inception fan, I will put it in the top five. I got it at number five. I have The Prestige 4, Batman Begins 3, Memento 2, and The Dark Knight 1. So please feel free to let us know what you guys think of uh, this episode and uh, 
everything Christopher Nolan. You can email us, tweet us, uh, holler at us. Speaking of Twitter, Ryan, we have a very important question that comes to us via Twitter. It was uh, DM to us because, again, you can DM us if you want. You can direct message as you see fit at Dork Podcast. This one comes from John. He needs he needs our help. He says, okay. I, I, he says, I find myself in a bit of a situation here with my wife or my wife, <laughs> my wife. And I'm not very nice. Sh- very nice. I love you. You are my best friend. Hold me <laughs> tight. All right, that's, I'm starting to lose it there. All right, I'm starting to lose it. I, I find myself in a bit of a situation here with my wife, and I'm not sure if you can answer on the podcast to get both answers to this problem or not. My wife and I got our son. He will be here in September. So, Oh, they got him a Baby Groot Funko Pop vinyl toy. I have always wanted to get a few of these, and my wife likes them as well. Well, we put the toy out for him, but as I started to put the box in the closet, my wife looked at me like I was crazy. To make a long story short, I've dung, dug this funk pop baby Groot out of the, bo- the trash twice to only annoy her and put it back in his room. I saw during the Game of Thrones recap on your YouTube channel, Rich has his toys all in the boxes, respect to you, and Ryan has all of them out. I want to see if you guys usually keep the boxes or am I just crazy? Keep up the great work and fuck Chuck Teats. All right. So that is interesting because that was uh, the, one of the episodes, the last episode on our Game of Thrones on our YouTube channel. I have like only three Funko Pops, but I have them all displayed in the box. Davey has taken him all of his out of the box. What is the right answer? There is, and I would say there is no right answer. I think mm. it's what's best for you. I ran into a bit of a conundrum myself today where I have, working on a school campus, I have three sets of keys. Oh, yes. So it's... So how I differentiated them is I have different keychains. Now, they're all Funko keychains. Now, here's the conundrum I ran into today, Rich. Yes. I got a Spider-Man Homecoming keychain, right? Right. For my keys. Right. On the box, it said, like, homemade costume. Okay. Oh, yeah, but yeah. It was, but it was clearly the suit that, Stone, that Tony Stark gave Peter Parker. So my thought, and I go back to like the Beanie Baby mentality, is that this is an error. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. All right. So do I keep it in the box knowing that it's a screw-up and will be more valuable down the road because it's a mess-up? Yeah, I think when you're talking about the the value of them, that's where you really start to – that's not how I view them. And I would say most most toys, or like if you had like a little – action figure like i have like a little darth vader i have like on another desk somewhere pop that out of the box i threw the box away i didn't care i liked how it looked i like how it displayed i'm not worried about the value of it down the road yeah if you're worried about now the value obviously you box it up what but, is this young man's name who john who emailed us? john now john i will say you are welcoming a child in the world you have bought your child a toy and if you think that you are going to keep a toy in a box in a child's room good fucking luck buddy yeah good point that's a good because I got two of them, and all they you think that they don't even know who Winston from Overwatch is. They just want to play with the space monkey. They don't want That's to know point. anything about it. They just want it out and being able to hold it. So if you think That's that you're going to keep that in a box, good fucking luck. And I would say mine are my pops are only in the box because I I think the Funko Pop actually displays really well in the box because they have like a side picture, they have like the name, and they have like another little design on it. Whereas most toys, like if you bought like a bobblehead or if you bought. Uh, again, little action figures. 
I have no use for them to be in the box. Like I'm not the guy from 40 year old virgin who has everything in pristine condition. I pop I, whatever looks best. That that's what I would do. But Davey brings up maybe the best point of all. If it's a toy for your kid, it's only a matter of time till the box is out and the box is gone anyway. So yeah, and and I again I see the uh, but that's not to say I don't see the value of keeping it in the sure, box. Sure, um, right. And like you said, fun, Funkos are like in the box. They're great and they're great from a practical standpoint in that you can stack them like yeah, in the box. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and. For me, my wife was getting on me a little bit because I have a lot of uh, shit. I have a lot of different stuff, and she's like, "Well, you got to try to keep it somewhat clean. Like, I'm not gonna be down here dusting all the time." And I'm like, eh, "All right." So it's a lot easier to clean those toys if it's just like a little swipe on the top rather than like all the little curves right. and shit and make it. So that's that. We don't really have an answer. That's really whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's prefer. I, I think it's. Uh, I see these things as like very uh, temporary. You know, yes. Uh, so, um, yeah. So I, I take them out of the box and I like to use them as props. You know. Yeah, they look good. But look good. Yeah. All right. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. All right. Here you go, Ryan. Kick, receive, defend a goal, or defer. I will defer. I'm going to go with just a, a TV show recommendation. I am a still a big fan of the MTV's The Challenge. They had pros versus champs at one point, or champs versus pros. That is over. And they're already back with a new season called The Dirty 30, where they're competing for a million dollars. So it's a lot more of the same. I happen to really enjoy the shit out of these shows. It's a mindless kind of show, but I am <laughs> in. So uh, I recommend The Dirty 30 on MTV. What do you got? And I- as you know, I, I should probably be watching the challenge because I have a vested interest in the challenge. As you know, uh, we've discussed it on the show before. Um, yes. My sister-in-law is dating a a, sh- a challenge alumni. That's right. Alumnus. So, and I believe his brother Dario is on there for this one. Is Dario on this one? Yes, he's on this one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we are all pulling for Dario on this one. Good. Of course, we can't have any details, but no, whatever. Right. Um. My pick this week is a book that I read. Uh, I'm, I've been book heavy. Like you said, I've been out of circulation for a little bit. No Perfect. internet, no TV, so I've been reading a lot. Um, it's a book I read about a year ago. Uh, it's called The Hard Bounce. Uh, and it's a book that centers around uh, two lifelong friends. Um, it's, a, it's a whodunit kind of murder mystery kind of thing. Ooh. They run, um, they're bouncers, but they have like a private security uh, outfit that they run. Um, and it takes place, the reason I'm bringing it up, we are a Boston-based podcast, and it takes place uh, in Kenmore Square is where their bar is. So the, the book, it's, it's actually a cool story, but it actually uses a lot of landmarks that if you are from the Boston area, you will know very well. So it's kind of, I always thought it was cool to like when I'm reading a story, like I know exactly where they are. Yeah, that's cool. So it takes place, they have a, they, their bar is in Kenmore Square, and the, the main character uh, lives in Alston. So it takes place like in all these actual places around that area. And they probably listen to WEEI, I would, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, mention because it's right in Kenmore. So they, you know, they have the Red Sox crowd come in, and yeah. you know they won. So the crowd is this way. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of Good. a lot of cool, cool Boston stuff. Nice. All right, there's another pick. Oh, the podcast next week on hashtag Dork. Very excited. Ryan Davey will be in studio. Uncle Buck from Boston Sports 101 will also join us, and we're going to do either. I'll put up a poll shortly, if it may be up right now by the time you're listening to this. Best non-DC Marvel comic book movies or Stephen King movies? You make the call. Again, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, at Dork Podcast. You can email us, dorkpodcast at gmail.com. We are on YouTube as well. 
course, on iTunes, you can rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff on the iTunes. We Snapchat every once in a while. You can buy a T-shirt at represent.com. Buy a goddamn T-shirt. Buy a goddamn T-shirt. Do yourself a favor. Put a nice T-shirt on your back. Uh, Nice little hashtag dork logo on it. Davey, what do you got? Where can the people follow you? At Arvon D on all all social medias, Twitch, Twitter, uh, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. It's all good. Um, and I would also say, Richard, in selling our T-shirts, I would say they are good if you would you can take it off if you're really hot, or you can put it on if you're really cold. Correct. It's your choice at that point. Once you've bought the shirt and once it delivers to you, wear it. Don't wear it. Take a picture of you wearing it. Take a picture of you not wearing it. It's all if good. If you would rather be really hot, you can take it off. Yeah. If you would rather be cold, put it on. Nope, other way. Other way. Nope, it has, to, it has to be the other way. It doesn't make <laughs> sense if it's that way. And that's going to do it for us on Hashtag Dork. A reminder, check out our YouTube channel. We're going to have a, uh, a Game of Thrones recap. We've already recapped Episode 1 and Episode 2. We'll have Episode 3 uh, here shortly, or maybe right now. It's the magic of time. I don't know when you're listening to this. So thanks for listening to this, though, now, and we will talk to you next week.